0: Hey, it's Greg. Thanks for checking out Toronto Today for a snowy, very snowy, November 16th on a Wednesday. So what did we have on the show today? Well, Mayor of the City of Toronto, John Tory, joined us. We talked about transfer payments, expectations of provincial money, federal money, and yes, the potential to either cut services or raise property taxes, that and much, much more. Um Tori also made it clear a couple days ago that he wanted to have a conversation with the police about school violence. Um, And this may lead to action and not just words here. So um, applause that there has to be not just a conversation, but potential safeguards for our schools. We had a program five years ago with police officers the sro program in school and that got scrubbed in 2017 and i understand the reasons why you would scrub it and i understand the reasons why you wouldn't scrub it so it polarizes it divides a lot does in this day and age right and mayor tory made that pretty clear that he's open to the idea of the program returning we're very pleased to have uh the mayor of toronto on with us he is john tory mayor thanks very much for making the time to come on my pleasure greg uh, lots is happening I I, I feel like Peter Bethenfalvey was on our show and it felt like from the province's economic statement you probably knew more than the rest of us did which you should um, the province is probably more committed than than we've got the sense there were people worried with the fall economic statement there wasn't anything there for Toronto
1: well the minister himself uh, said you know we've been there for Toronto and we will be there again that kind of thing and uh, the statement from the premier's office indicated uh, the same but they've made it very clear that they want to know the federal government is going to be there too and there have been lots of discussions going on about exactly that and I just think it's time now for the federal government who have been very helpful uh, to the city in dealing with COVID and that's what we're talking about here is the financial uh, kind of consequences of COVID that have us, you know, say a lot of money short on transit revenue just because people aren't yet uh, riding the transit. So I'm continuing to work away way at making sure the two governments can agree that helping the city's economic or the country's economic engine, the province's economic engine is a good thing to, uh, you know, keep us on the path to recovery and uh, I hope the results will be positive, and Mr. Bethanthalby's statements uh, were encouraging in that regard.
0: I'll get to the federal government in a sec. How detailed do you need to be in terms of the needs and where the money's allocated to the province?
1: No, I've been very detailed with them. You know, this one thing about city government—it's very transparent, and so mm. every meeting is held in public. Every everything is public, pretty much, and I think that's a good thing. And so they're well aware of the fact that you know we're short 125 million more dollars on transit revenue because of decreased ridership. We're short a couple of hundred million dollars because of the increased sheltering costs. Uh, we had to keep people separated from each other in the when we sheltered them. Uh, people experiencing homelessness. So I think the details are very well known, and uh, we've made those. Uh, you know, known to the governments over a period of months now, really if you want to boil it down. Uh the discussion that's going on now is which of the two governments bears a greater share or do they split it fifty fifty or do we, you know, do a third? I mean this is the discussion that's going on now. It's not so much a matter of uh whether people... People will help. But, you know, how will it get divided up?
0: Is transit revenue the biggest shortfall for the city right now and beyond, you know, I guess what we describe as a bailout? How do we get people back on? I I told you last time we talked, I see people all the time on weekends. We had an amazing set of summer weekends with people, go trains packed, TTC packed. Maybe it's the Monday to Friday, nine to five that we're falling short on, is it? Oh, it
1: definitely is. I mean, what's happened is that people have not yet uh, come back to work. And, you know, look, we're in the midst of what could be a a permanent change of, you know, people not coming to work every single day. But I think that the trend line indicates that more and more people are coming back to work more days of the week. And that is the principal, uh, you know, reason for the ridership shortfall, which in turn creates the revenue shortfall. And when you say how much, uh, I will say the two governments have stepped up and given us some money, a considerable sum, uh, you know, earlier this year to take account of this reduced ridership. But there's still a $125 about $125 million left by way of an entirely COVID-related shortfall uh, that just sees us at about 70% of the ridership of normal. Uh, and we're still working to get that number up with the help of business and others. Uh, but a lot of it's uh, sort of individual decision-making people have to make about, uh, you know, about getting back to work more days of the week uh, to their regular place of work. And I say getting back mm-hmm. to work. A lot are working from home, of course.
0: John Tory is our guest on Toronto Today on 640 Toronto. These strong mayor powers, how does this change how you operate right out of the gate in the first year. What can you do that maybe you couldn't in your first year in the last term in 2018?
1: Well, the regulations haven't been finalized yet. We'll look forward to seeing those in the next number of days. But, I mean, the, the most obvious change is the law now requires that I bring forward the budget. So it is something that I bring forward as an initiative of the, of the mayor, as opposed to it being brought forward by the city staff. So, and then that the budget itself – uh, can only be overturned. The budget I bring forward by a, uh, an increased majority of the council, two thirds, and so yeah, so that's the principal change. The other change, I guess, is um, that uh, I have no, now the opportunity to have a greater involvement in the retaining and and uh, uh, you know otherwise of, of people who work for the city government in the in the senior positions in particular. And previous to this, uh, nobody really reported to or it was was accountable in any way to the mayor. And so I think those are the two principal changes that have uh, been brought about by these uh, new laws and by the regulations we've yet to see the final uh, the final form of
0: so through both you and minister bethlin falvey i think our audience gets a sense there's there's positivity and there's constant chatter and discussion with the province where do things stand with the federal government what do you need in terms of advancing and expediting because you've talked about immediate funding needs but well, this is not a next spring next summer thing where does those conversations go and where do they need to go
1: well, they need to go to a place where the federal government says, yes, we're going to be at the table. And it's interesting because during their last election, uh, the prime minister and his party, the Liberal Party, uh, made an absolute, you know, unequivocal commitment to helping cities, including Toronto, because I wrote to them and asked them to make a commitment. They made a, a commitment to help with COVID. And so uh, we need them to to step forward. And I will say, I mean, both governments have been, uh, you know, very good in helping Toronto with its COVID-related financial difficulties. Uh, but we need them to step forward with regard to 2022, because it was a year where you know, we did continue to experience transit ridership shortfalls and where we've had the expense of sheltering an awful lot of people. And so those realities remain, even though COVID itself hopefully is, is you know, heading more behind us. Uh, those realities remain, and we need them to step up. And we have, you know, 25 hardworking uh, Liberal MPs from the City of Toronto, and we're hopeful they'll step forward and help us out, uh, and that uh, the Government of Canada will recognize the fact that Toronto's health, ec- economic health, and recovery are integral to the economic health and recovery of the entire
0: province. And the the entire uh, country do you need a three-pronged approach to make this all work do you need um, obviously federal and provincial money there's going to be maybe a cut of some services a minimal cut and do you need to raise property taxes this isn't sort of an like an either or let's do one of the two all three may be necessary to get the city where it needs to get to is that a fair statement
1: Well, let's put it this way. Yes, I think it is fair, and I've indicated we can make a contribution to resolving some of our own problems. I point out all the time that we found efficiencies in the government of $500 million the last two years, and we're still doing work on that because that's what people would expect us to do. Uh, But we need the other two governments to help us, and uh, you know, I will say that if if they don't help, uh, I don't like to look at these kinds of negative hypotheticals, but what I've made clear is if they don't help, there will have to be uh, significant cuts. I would look to make them more to capital, meaning Mm -hmm. projects as opposed to services to people. But there will simply have to be. I mean, we, we have a legal requirement to balance the budget, which I, um, I respect that. And I think it's a good thing. But nonetheless, we do have to balance it and we have to balance it by the end of the year. So if we can't uh, you know, get the help from the other governments that I hope we will, uh, then we would have to take steps to, uh, to deal with that.
0: Do you see a property tax rise of some increment as inevitable now?
1: Well, I've always said that. I mean, at the end of the day, the, the expenses, just like inflation affects people, inflation also affects the city. We buy, we buy a lot of diesel fuel for the buses and for the trucks that pick up the solid waste and so on and so on. And so um, I've said what I have said, though, is because I know people are really suffering uh, with respect to affordability issues, uh, that we would keep any property tax increase to below the rate of inflation. But I've always contemplated there would be some increase, but just one that is kept below the rate of inflation, which I think will you know be a challenge for us, but we're going to do it because I said we would during the election.
0: You said you want to have, uh, in light of this, this potential awful tragedy in Scarborough and the terrible tragedy that took the life of a student two weeks ago, you want to meet with police, you want to meet with TDSB trustees. That will raise the question as to whether police go back into certain schools. And, and I know that was controversial. Controversial doesn't mean it was wrong, but it's, it's something that is obviously going to split people up the middle. Where do you stand on the concept of it?
1: I always supported uh, the presence of police officers in, a, in an appropriate way in schools. I think when that program was, uh, was going on, it was working. I mean, could it have been tweaked a bit to make it even more acceptable to the kids and the teachers and everybody else involved, the parents? Perhaps so. And we were quite willing to entertain that discussion. But the school board, it was the school board that decided they did not want the police officers in the schools uh, anymore. And so the program came to an end two or three years ago. And I don't know if that is the solution to this. All I know is we need to get together with the school board. And they've, like us, they've had recent uh, people have been sworn in, so we gave them a chance to get that done, which was just a day ago. Uh, and we're going to have a meeting between the school board and myself, representing the city and the police, uh, and see what more we can do to make sure that the schools are as safe as possible.
0: Last thing, I think it's a lighter note, but there's a story in the Star about uh, World Cup fans wanting uh, wanting to have a drink earlier. I know you and I are far too measured uh, to, to need a drink or want a drink before 9am on, uh, on any given day, but some fans want to watch these games that start as early as 5am. Is there still wiggle room to put legislation through to allow it for bars? I have no problem uh, with it, and it's it, the fact is it's been done in the past, and I think
1: people just have to be patient because we have gone through the transition from one city council to another, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, the the new city council was literally sworn in yesterday, and I think you want to make sure the new counselor for uh, the new councillors are comfortable with this, but if you look at the city's past practice, uh, it was to make some allowance for these games that are on because of time zones uh, at a different time of day, and and uh, so look, I, we'll see what's forthcoming in the next few days, but uh, you know we. If you look to the past and past practice, we've made an allowance for this and for other global events and, and even big events in the city uh, to make sure that these rules can be um, can be more flexible.
0: I know what a fan you are. I hope you enjoy the games. And we got a great legacy uh, to provide four years from now with games in Toronto. Thank you very we, much for the time sure today. Do.
1: Thanks, Greg. I'm looking forward to that, too. Thanks a
0: lot. You got it. John Tory, uh, Mayor of Toronto, joining us.